0: Back dog, Earthlets. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. And this is the
1: 208th episode of Space no! Spinner 2000. Yeah. But no! You can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. A podcast Everybody, please help. I'm in his basement and no one has sent help yet. How can you listen for this long and not have alerted the police? Please help you're, me. You're fine. Oh, he, <laughs> does, he does feed me Wendy's. It's really delicious. Poked I mean, you can't get frogs. it here.
0: Okay, here we go. Uh, I guess we're make sure it makes sense. The UK's own galaxy comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD, featuring Judge Dredd for September and October 1989, progs 645 to 649. This time, we continue clearing the decks ahead of the big relaunch. Next episode, all thrills must end, whether you want them to or not. This episode's a five proger so we can catch the jumping on on progs next episode. Luckily, by my reckoning, this is also the last five proger we'll have until like 2023. So
1: good All, times. Oh, okay, so hold on. <laughs> Maybe the best news that he said, because if you did not interject with the fact that this was five progs, that was the first thing I was going to say. The second thing I was going to say is the things that needed to end didn't. They just didn't. And i just got upset. Yeah, it's very... Not
0: bad times, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to read along with it you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread: The Complete Case Files 13, Judge Anderson Asai Files Volume 1, Strong Team Dog, The Final Solution, and Indigo Prime, Killing
1: Time. Really? That's right. That was that was the rhyme? Well, well I didn't even realize the rhyme until I said it out loud. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like that's it, It's like... It's the respectable rhyme. It's just not the fun one. I mean, it's kind. also the name of a
0: story that's going to be coming up eventually, Fox. So it's sort of oh, based also, on that.
1: Also, and, and only because I have to say this now so I don't interrupt later. They use the next time Bad Moon rises later in this comic. Mm-hmm. And why they never use that in Mean Team, I'm very upset. Mm, that's fair. But speaking of the good psychics in the course of our progs, Fox. Yeah. Uh. Good psychics. I mean, she's not in a panther, but bo- okay. Well, she's in definitely a cat body. Will not oh, accept God, any any slander for thrill one
0: Anderson side division. All right. So watch your mouth. Uh, script robot Alan Grant, <laughs> art robot Dave David Roach, letter robot Steve Potter.
1: Reprimands. Of- oh, this early, shocking. Listen, some people say some people say it would never come. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh we're we're good at edging
0: that's all oh man yeah we've had a lot of judge anderson content recently i'm not complaining a couple no. walks down a deserted mega city one alley when a pair of eyes suddenly suddenly glow and we see this kind of computer system check narration boxes appearing you know vision check blah 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 this is
1: this is feeling so lifted from predator i'm Fair, gonna be yeah. honest predator slash
0: termator because there's kind of a hud involved as well
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: okay <laughs> But yeah, uh, we see the couple in infrared. Yeah, the predator stuff you're talking about. And uh, it identifies them as flesh. Flesh alert.
1: Not dinosaurs, though. No. Mom.
0: Sadly, ju- or suddenly, I should say, Judge Cassandra Anderson and Judge Ryan are arriving at the same alley following a psychic flash. They come across a
1: murderous Robotman who shoots meat cleavers at them. I love the dodge here. Like, okay. I mean, I've done enough of these, like, quizzes that you gave me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Judge Anderson clearly going to clear all those quizzes. This fucking, like, I don't even remember his name by the end of this. Because any judge that gets cleavered in the shoulder, you don't talk. You just dodge. It's true. Yeah, you listen to the second flashes. If you can dodge a cleaver, you can dodge a ball.
0: (laughs) Whoa. Watch that sequel, I guess. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Like you said, Anderson dodges the cleavers. Ryan takes one in the shoulder. She fires a few armor-piercing rounds at the renegade bot, but it fires some gas pellets and and escapes. Anderson tries to get her helmet and respirator on, but it's too late. She passes out. That's why you wear the helmet all the time, Cass. Come on. Don't be a dingus. Don't be a dingus. It's true. The robot, call me Bill, has taken some damage and disappears into the night. All flesh must
1: die. I do like the callback here.
0: Yeah, just to, for the flesh Clint murder Candace kind of thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, just evil robots. Uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Anderson comes to and calls the situation into control. Meanwhile, a damaged call me bill is running through the streets, taking out randos and breaking into gas stations. <laughs> Back at the scene, a med-, a med judge is checking Anderson, and she grabs a severed arm of the robot for a size scan. A bit of the old
1: psychometry. Psychometry? One of those. Oh. So I, I do have to ask Conrad, Yo. like, uh, so this is uh, because the twist isn't revealed yet, but I think it's fairly clear at this point. Mm-hmm. Can you psychic a robot part for a robot? Well- I mean, I guess so, because her first instinct was to do that. So I guess everything leaves a psychic imprint, right?
0: Yeah, because psychometry is based around like the history of an object. So it's not reading Ah. into the mind, just these sort of like senses and and, uh, spirits that sort of go around an object thing. So you could do it on like a pencil or something if you wanted to. It doesn't need an intelligence to, to
1: psychometry it. Thank you, Art Bell. Please continue. I don't have the voice for it, pal. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. Oh no! I'm yes, you do. You got that. Did, you got that just, deep just, voice that feels like it's in the middle of a desert, saying just, some stuff that I truly believe and scares I, me. I, I just don't know it, you know. Now a George Nori, I could do that. Anyway, uh. oh, um. I do like some Nori. God, that is going to go over um, some heads. I feel sorry. Like. Yeah, these Americans. Anyway, um, she sees
0: strange images as Call Me Bill blows up the gas station, and it seems Call Me Bill isn't a roadie at all. He's a dude, a dude named Billiam Zinky Wink.
1: And he's in trouble. Ah, that's the call me Bill thing. Oh, I get it. Billium. Um, Billium is a weird... It's a weird I, one. I feel like we've seen a couple billions actually, in the course of these... I mean, Billium was one the, one of the, char- uh, the early character in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. The first movie, uh, Bill or Bootstrap Bill is Billium. And then Whoa. his son, Will, who is William, which is just like... All right, does I you could tell me anything about the characters of uh I don't of know why I remember that and I definitely believe you. I don't you. keep I don't keep wit in my brain like you do. I keep dumb knowledge. Oh, listen. You think <laughs>
0: you think my terrible brain isn't full of dumb knowledge, Fox? It's terrible in there. Anyway, no, well, I just think. Well, okay. Please continue. <laughs> Speaking of clearing out brains, Anderson calls in <laughs> and gets info about Zinky Wink and heads to his apartment. Inside, the place is trashed. Oh, the lady, looking very best. nervous in her robe, she hears a noise and thinks it's Bill come home. So she sits on the floor with a fishbowl on
1: her head, but pretending to the be a television. Fishbowl? I just That's don't the understand. That's the screen of the TV, buddy. Uh, I mean. I'm definitely staring at the fishbowl on her head. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Listen, man, this television,
0: it tells you what to do with the vision. It uses programs to make you to input a programming into your scope, buddy. It's a goddamn lizard man shadow
1: government. They call them channels because they're channeling you in the direction they want you to go. I am so happy that we are more consistently talking about conspiracies secretly through this show. Please have just begun, buddy. Um- <laughs> oh, I mean, we're going to get there. We're yeah, going to let so- people know about your building. The Berg workshop. a <laughs> <the> bears. Um, <laughs> so Anderson kicks down the door
0: as uh, the wife gets the commercials. Meanwhile, Bill, apparently we learn a dude wearing a robot suits now bleeding out, wandering the streets, killing people with a gun that's clearly
1: firing like knives and forks and shit. I mean, he's only bleeding out in sector seven, nine and 12. Let's, let's get be getting, honest here. He's getting more and more low rent. If you ask me, Fox, <laughs> he was
0: so cool at the start. But now I'm really seeing a lot
1: of the flaws in his robot costume here. I was so stoked at the beginning, and as it slowly dawned on me that this is a man, I was more stoked and simultaneously less excited. Mm, Cultural appropriation. The judges talk to the lady... (laughs) (laughs) Learned that Bill has gone crazy
0: because he thinks he's a robot. Apparently, he always loved robots and apparently built a robot suit of his own, but it was connected to the electric kettle. And when she plugged it in, it electrocuted him and he went berserk.
1: (laughs) Then he ran for prime minister of Canada. And then these pictures came out that he dressed up like a robot
0: wearing that robot
1: face halloween. fox is that what i'm hearing here <laughs> he dressed up at halloween party as a robot i'm sorry i'm done okay i'm done kill all humans <laughs> that's ours fox with the cultural appropriation thing that's ours thing. <laughs> anyway she, the wife
0: finishes telling the tale as bill arrives trailing blood and henderson just kind of blows him away as soon as he shows up <laughs>
1: just bam 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 five I in mean, the chest it's a judge right story's like, over yeah Oh, it's so great it's so perfect and also then she just like basically backhands the wife with a comment that's
0: right <laughs> like, she says damn. sorry mrs zinky wink why don't you calm yourself with a nice cup of tea but this time be careful where you plug it in <laughs>
1: it's, it's so fucked up like sometimes anderson you get that with the anderson stories where she goes a little darker and and does the punchline that's kind of punch him in the face, but man, it's pretty dark. She writes, she Good. writes that line between like being an okay person, but then also just like saying the worst shit. Still a judge, man. As
0: we learned in the in the mega special this year, you get that pun trading as part of becoming a as
1: becoming a senior judge. You know. <sighs> anyway, just Fantastic. a fun, fun quick quick story here. Three progs. I love that it was the opener of each one, you know, yeah, like definitely. again, we don't we don't really get this kind of like, of course, it starts as like you think like, oh, this is gonna be like this dark kind of story, but as it keeps going, the things he keeps using. It's like a meat cleaver yeah, yeah, like, and you're oh, becomes- like, okay, maybe it's a war droid and it's got like a, a saw, but then they're like, Oh, it's for sawing meat. And then immediately in the next one he's just shooting forks and knives yeah. out of a fucking out of a fucking Mega Man buster at people, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this is- guy is cut rate absolutely.
0: Yeah, no, this Ugh. is yeah, these are fun action openers to the Prague. Always mm. appreciate
1: David Roach coming in here, drawing some pretty ladies oh, doing action yeah. stuff. You know, well, actually, like near photorealistic in some of them. I love how he's yeah. less expressive about almost everyone's face except Anderson. She gets like the most shading treatment for, yeah. for faces and things like that. Although the wife was fantastic putting. A yeah, between in this head. and
0: Arthur Ranson last episode or last uh, prog it's episode, stepped up. Well, we're, we're just really having some great stuff. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Roach did that um, did that story earlier in the year as well, mm-hmm. um, which I is uh, uh, my brain is, has purged now than the name of. <laughs> um, but you know a what I'm talking about. Purge. The guy who was in a wheelchair. There were freaking oh oh right where, lizard uh, men. Where, the, his, the, where his they
1: went where his daughter to the was actually part of it because he was full of sand or whatever. Yeah 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 you know what I'm talking hey, about. Yeah, anyway yeah yeah yeah. No, i got was very check. mock zero if i remember
0: well it was very it, it had a lot of like you know because
1: it had it it had brain stuff it was very <laughs> um okay i mean if that's not a shirt it had brain stuff conrad 2020 cutting a lot of this a, a lot of this out as i look it up Fox. i know i'm sorry i
0: i'm just excited no no, no. no it's fine Bronx. listen yeah, Helios, that's the name of the story. All right, good. All right, right, right. Can can mark it off of my brain now. Okay, here we go. But but <clears throat> this Judge Anderson story managed to finish with a satisfying conclusion, Fox. Oh, here we go. What's the payoff? Speaking of terrifying cliffhangers, mhm. Let's go to Thrill
1: to Beyond Zero. So I I don't know if I have zero tolerance For the fact that uh, maybe this whole story is uh, anti-feminist or so ahead of its time that it's saying that any solitary government cannot work. Hmm...
0: I anyway, know, I think the it's people more contributing. Just
1: that you, no, no, that's that's Fox being outlandish. I think it's more that that while
0: societies can have visions, counting on any one specific person to carry Ooh. a vision forward uh, is uh, is inherently flawed. Mecca
1: Hitler is still Hitler. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's right.
0: Beyond Zero <laughs> script robot John Brosden, art robot Kev Hopgood, learning robot Jack Potter, art robot Kev Hopgood. Robot Jack Potter, so we're picking up with Beyond Zero from where it left off. Fox with mm-hmm. cyborg cabbie Tanner and his compatriots, clone soldier Gut Eight and robot assassin with the personality of a feminist radical leader Risa, um, hanging out in a feminist city in the feminist city of Minerva, may-
1: which seems to mm-hmm. hold the original Risa in high regard. Sorry, may I? No, no, it's okay. May I say it's only two things? I mm. never remember his name is Gut Eight, right? Yeah, much lo- a longer st- a st- set of numbers after that. So the first I, one. I literally call him Stomach Boy. So it's mm-hmm. zero and Stomach Boy. And secondarily, I wanted to say that the opening for 645, I love the Hera imagery mm-hmm. that yeah, they so- have for, for Ryza. Like, it's actually, it's it's very clearly kind of this Greek mythos yeah, of Hera d-
0: definitely I mean they're bringing a lot of like Wonder Woman stuff in here as well if that makes sense Ooh. or like you know thy mascara sort of uh you know lady a lot society less BDSM, stuff but a lot more of yeah I am I get where you're coming from honestly I think I don't
1: think we see enough of it to really be able to say that one way or another Fox so <sighs> I'm agree um, I mean I there didn't... are some really ripped women in here who are absolutely gorgeous definitely yeah oh, it's... God, I love the Mohawk
0: we learned that that the human race of the original one, is missing and presumed dead. Anyway, the Amazons are getting ready to fight the airship based warlord Lord Mordred, and everyone's <laughs> allowed to chill until then.
1: I love, I love that they have these arbalists that they just have ready, definitely <laughs> that they set on fire later. Fire arbalists, yeah.
0: Oh, Later, so Mordred arrives demanding tribute and Adoria, the leader of the Amazon, says no way. Yeah, they've got these uh, arbalists, whatever, ready to go. Basically, the plan is hopefully this is a blimp that's full of, of uh, hydrogen,
1: Hindenburg style. And so <laughs> when they shoot these flaming arrows at it, it will explode. You learn from the past in your construction of dirigibles. I'm sorry, ladies. Yeah. You never put explosive gas again. <laughs> yeah the
0: ship drops bombs on bombs on them, and indeed this thing's full of non-flammable helium. So no Hindenburgs today. Damn this're mm. The Minervans run up the white flag, but Tanner's got a plan, and we just need to get some bulky Amazons to toss a, to toss some suspiciously Tanner Risa <laughs> and gut eight sacks onto the loading crane with the rest of the loot they're given to Lord Mordred.
1: Can I this, please say I love this plan, this action movie plan? Yeah, it's, it's I love it. I
0: it's going it. to be awesome, at least I love, except for a platoon of
1: armed guards waiting for them oh, as they pull the stuff up. But but the twist. Oh God, please continue. I love yeah. all of Beyond Zero. It's so amazing. So
0: aboard the airship, the group, including Adoria, the leader of the Amazons, bursts out of their
1: sacks <laughs> to <but> find <laughs> themselves surrounded by like 20 dudes. I uh, love it. Because why not? Why not be surrounded I mean, they've had to have had this situation happen before, right? I mean so they're ready. I feel, Yeah, like
0: honestly, Mordred is pretty much outclassing everybody no matter what happens, mm-hmm. at least for for a certain point. Tanner does the classic start to surrender, then punch nobody in the
1: face and everybody starts <laughs> fighting. Well, as soon as they find out, their entire armor is made of plastic. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, "Oh, well, fuck that, whatever." It's a running battle through the
0: cargo hold, but it looks like Mordred again has planned for this. As a door drops down and
1: closes them inside a closet, they're in, and it starts filling with gas. I I just don't understand how they then overpowered the robot, but I guess enough people, right? Well, yeah. Tanner wakes up strapped to a table next to Risa, whose head has been removed. She she is
0: immune to the gas, but with everybody else out, she basically had to surrender. Like they were like, "Listen, like you can surrender, or or we'll kill your sleeping buddies because you can't protect them." She
1: has body spikes and also ele- a... guy. Okay.
0: yeah, yeah, anyway. But you can't stop bullets from flying into these guys, everybody's <sighs> the knocked out bodies, you know? Her
1: sarcastic comments say otherwise, but also maybe lead to a an ultimate truth that she cares about people, but she uses sarcasm as real armor. She's got a robot heart of gold, buddy. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. That's a much better way of saying it.
0: Suddenly someone comes through the door and
1: sees the Tanner is awake, and now the fun and games can begin. Yeah, they're going to do the dinosaur. Everybody, go on through the door. We're going to do the di- okay. I'm, o- open I'm the sorry. door. Get on the floor, buddy. Come I'm just, on. <laughs> I'm just really excited about zero.
0: <laughs> the figure removes their mask. It's a lady, and not just
1: a lady. The real Risa Pereira. the same as Risa the robot. Honestly, I wasn't expecting it. The fact that it happened made me incredibly happy. And then also, I was like, oh, yeah, it's 2000 AD. And I was very happy they did
0: it. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the brig, Gut Aid continues to try to put the moves on Adoria. Oh. Oh, this part's so great.
1: Sorry. They try to make a plan to escape, which is tough because they're making plans and gut eight is pretty dumb. Uh, I mean, (laughs) and he's also really into just like, we could just fool around instead of escaping. And it's just like the constant cut in between. I love, this is the, this is the kind of like a top secret esque kind of humor that I love. Like they are both doing action movie and also making fun of it.
0: So it's great. They try the old uh, pretend to be sick habit, but no dice. Like it's like, oh, he's very <laughs> sick. He needs help. He's guards are just like, good. I don't care about these guys. Die. <laughs> I in there. will literally execute you. Shut up. Yeah. Back in the interrogation room, real Risa explains to Robo Risa that she uh, had to make some compromises to her ideology during the gang uh, during the Gene Wars, and she's not the same Rad femme lady she was when her personality was was recorded back in the day never monologue god yeah. now she's happy just being a mad max style warlord and would greatly like to also menace zero city she's more than willing to tw- to torture Tanner's friends to get the info on its location kind of thunderdome you're right yeah or uh, or or you know she wants to be be the humongous to zero city Ooh. zero cities whatever the name of that of that town with the school buses was in road warrior
1: i mean that doesn't matter just walk away Ayatollah Rock and Roller, buddy.
0: <laughs> in the In the Brig, Gut 8 has another plan, which is just to rip the bars off the cell door, and he does. And he, it's
1: okay, listen, Stomach Boy is maybe my favorite person because the whole time you're like, ah, oh, Stomach Boy, he's the dumb one and whatever and all of this stuff. And sure, he's dumb he enough de- he to not remember is the, the dumb whole time. One. But then it's just like, you know, she's yeah, like, a, she's the one who's a, like, oh, you're not going to actually do it. And then he does it. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's a gene warrior. Or what the fuck ever. Like a, a, they spliced him to be awesome. They didn't splice him to remember how awesome he could be. Yeah. And just to be clear, he rips the entire wall of bars off. <laughs> like, and Adore awesome. is like, why didn't you do that the first time? He's like, I didn't think of it. I didn't think to do it. And that's forgot. honestly, that's. I love his character. That's exactly how I play a barbarian. <laughs> like, it, I, I, well, I didn't think to use my strength right now. Cause I, very, very,
0: uh, like, I, oh, I didn't realize there was a rip things off the wall mechanic in this game, you know? Exactly.
1: Well, I've, I had a DM just a sidetrack who used to have barbarians with low intelligence have to roll intelligence to have the idea that you were proposing. <laughs> that's pretty rad, right? Yeah, that's fair. I thought that, well, was funny. Anyway, please. That's why I
0: always make characters in D&D with just about average
1: intelligence, because I know I don't, have them, to. I don't want them to be smarter than me, Fox. Smarter well, or dumber also, than me. But anyway. You, you gotta get your checks in, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's prison break time. so punch and get your way apparently to the armory
0: yeah (laughs) the guards get real Risa to deal with adoria and gut eight who are pinned down in the armory but since that's where like all the big guns and explosives are kept (laughs) it's it's not that it's not a bad place to be pinned down in to be honest
1: why do you keep your jail next to your armory or at least close enough to where a big man can just punch his way through your plastic shit the armory no one expects
0: someone strong enough to rip through walls fox come on that's not fair i you're right (laughs) and it's the armored part of the thing there's the brig there's the armory i'm not putting a bunch of of, a big locked doors in this airship buddy i gotta put them all in one place all
1: right this this feels like the the game evil genius to me you know like yeah of course i'm gonna put the armory next to the jail cell because if they break out i'm gonna shoot them and I don't want
0: guard, i don't want my guards walking all over the place. I just kind of want them in one centralized, whatever. Anyway, you know what? You're right. Make a good evil genius, Conrad. Cheers. Listen, I don't even want to get into my time with it, with that <laughs> game, Fox. Oh man. Um, oh, I mean, I spent years left on their own. Tanner and Robo Risa can scheme, and Robo Risa is actually finally able to establish a Wi-Fi connection to her body <laughs> and use it to put her head back on. On, you know. <laughs> It's like, what it a, is. used Fox.
1: electromagnetic, but honestly, it's Wi-Fi or or like 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 a Bluetooth pairing, maybe. Oh. oh no, she couldn't remember. She couldn't remember like the 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 high traffic password, right. and so she was using kind of like the low density, like the two point four password, but she couldn't remember it. Because it was actually admin, but she wasn't trying admin. Had to mm. had to access her VPN in her head. All this kind of stuff,
0: Fox. Uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> she frees Tanner. Now it's time to run. They take on a squad of reinforcements headed to help out real Risa. Things are getting pretty complicated, though, as the airship is now nearing its next tribute territory, the city state of Starkness. <sighs> and and Risa fantastic. has to leave the troops to address the people. Soon afterwards, <laughs> Rice and Tanner arrive at the at their pinned down buddies and pincer the the bad guy troops, freeing Adoria and Gut Eight. Real Rice is addressing the Starkers as Lord as Lord Mordred when the team arrives in the cockpit and attacks her. The sound of it going out over the loudspeakers. Attention, earthworms. This is Lord
1: Mordred speaking. Just walk away. A suffer terrible.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A battle rages in the control room of Lord Mord- in the control room of Lord Mordred's blimp, broadcast to the confused people below. Real Risa <laughs> tries to pull uh, tries to pull Risa rank on Robo Risa, but Robo Risa ain't feeling it. She punches Real <laughs> Risa so hard she goes Dude. flying out of the control room, falling to her death. Who's the real Risa now, bitch? Come on. <laughs> Robo writes her reign supreme, but plans to shut herself down until one of the pirates explains that by killing the previous leader, she's now the new leader. It's one of those blood in, blood out kind of situations. You know what I'm talking about.
1: No two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah, good
0: times. <laughs> T- Tanner asks ri- asks, oh. asks, Risa, now Sky Pirate Queen, for a ride oh. back to Robo to, to, to a Zero City, and she agrees, taking Adoria along for fun. Why not? And Adoria's coming, not because she likes Gut 8, okay? Back off. I'm from a crazy, oh uh, my God. Uh, you know, lady society. I'm probably <laughs> not into guys. Whatever. <laughs> Soon, Ugh. a dude chilling on the top of Zero City is asleep when oh, as the blip good. approaches. Soon, Tanner and Gut Eight have broken in and made this topside Ugh. dude
1: make a call. Oh, not to just the- breaking, Gut uh, or it's tum- Tummy Boy rips a hole in a wall. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> to <awesome>. be clear,
0: <laughs> ripping the hole in the wall, making him make a call to Fancy Crime Boss Nemo. Tanner's back
1: and he's got yeah. company. The end for oh. now, Conrad. I know I said a lot during this. This is like the movie slash D and D &D like slash JRPG (laughs) slash. I mean, it it is a comic, but the comic, and then also maybe okay. Up until now, Mm -hmm. zero has been okay in the same way. Harry on the high rock was kind of okay Mm -hmm. initially, right? Like. Yeah, I just I just put the put together the collection of Harry Twenty on the High Rock actually, and I think so, that
0: they're very similar just in these stories that, that 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 kind of show up and have sort of a definite
1: middle and an end, you know, well, beginning, middle, exactly. and end, and, and then kind of get out a little bit. But but also like they are they are entirely different in terms of of kind of the the kind of setting or style that they're going for. Mm, yeah. Beyond Beyond Zero, at least the first one, really noir. And it yeah, was that fun. Was, it was a that was fun to Yeah, and then and well, then and, this and one it, is much more big, crazy adventure. Exactly,
0: traveling around. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different genre. But with 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 this character of Tanner, who's a fun kind of everyman hero. You know, I will say this
1: now: Netflix, you bought uh, uh altered carbon, and all of the three books in altered carbon. Very different books. Very different mm. kind of tones. Beyond Zero just went from a noir guy with a fucking f- a, a metal arm that shoots bullets when he points at like a a child, right? right. A noir well, it to was a big yeah, it was a big an ci- adventure like a, Mad Max film.
0: Yeah, from a from a cyberpunk noir to like a Mad Max to a post apocalyptic adventure story. Like You're missing out. There's something quack, here.
1: You know, there is yeah. something here and i uh, conrad i don't know i think i just love i love beyond zero yeah no
0: this is a like i've i've really enjoyed these stories as well and that's why i'm really bummed fox because you you can tell this is not the end of the story there's still a little bit more there's about two progs left and what's a real bummer Mm. is that we won't finish it up until february of 1990 which is just like Maybe five yeah. prog episodes from now. And I think that I really you. cuts the legs out of this whole story, just especially as we're reading it along. You know, I'm worried uh, that we'll come back to it and it'll be
1: tough to kind of pick back up, especially just, just for two progs. So I'll ask you this much because mm. you, you kind of know, but you, yeah. no spoilers or anything. Do you feel it It caps it off well?
0: Yeah. I Well, I mean, it's tough because-, because- what,
1: I oh, think of course. It, Sorry.
0: I feel like it'd be better if we'd stu- if we'd gotten it all right now, you know, if we would m- yes. maybe had two episodes of it last of episode course. and then finished it up here. I think it does. Like it's it, it's 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 like when you have a have a cliffhanger for a TV show and then there's two months between, you know, or in this case like 5 months from one <sighs> yeah, episode no, a death to mill. another that's episode. That's a real hurt. You know, it just yeah. like so much of what I think we both love about these, these uh, zero stories is just that they They're are tight. sort of, yeah, like this tight, like, yes. you know, getting to the action, keeping going, like uh, keeping this, uh, th- this uh, serial format kind of running along and stuff. And just, yeah, having a bunch of time in between that kills that momentum, you know, and so, so whatever, so-
1: whatever it is, it's sort of, it loses something with that. So here's, here's kind of an example where I definitively agree with you because of something weak that happened. Suddenly, mm-hmm. Adoria is like, "Oh,, uh, I'll just come with you." And here's some exposition why. And as soon as she started doing that, I was like, "Oh God, like it, no one cares. Of course, you're coming with them. Like you're not gonna get dropped off. Th- this didn't matter, but they they just put that exposition in. It did not weight down the story, and it didn't weight down the character or the comedy or the uh, strength of that character, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Like, you could just pass over it, and you're like, oh, no, I get it. This is just exposition. It's not that. Because beat for beat, this thing just keeps moving, and every time it moves, it's interesting, and I couldn't have guessed. I mean, maybe after a little bit of time, like, oh, okay, this might be a plot thread, or this might be Mordrith. I would have never guessed that was Risa. I just thought it was like okay, it's like this fucking, you know, you I mean, gotta have air pirates or yeah. whatever. I mean, right? I like, think, it I, was think good.
0: I think Mordred is a character in Arthurian yes. legend yes. who yes. might be There, there is up this by undercurrent of
1: Yeah, no, but you, your mind doesn't immediately go there. No, because you're, I mean, you're in the story.
0: Yeah, this I think it's, yeah, it's it's just one of these things. Yeah, she's you know one of these guys that's got like a mysterious past and maybe like a like like a weird mom or something like that. I forget. yeah 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 like 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 more gaze is like his mom, and so it's very mm. like you know oh there could be an evil mysterious woman behind this character that you know and it turns out to be Rice So that I think is just sort of you know that's less a, a, a hint and more just kind of a fun thing if you want to read into this stuff. But yeah, man, exactly. I'm, Yeah. This is a fun it's a fun,
1: tight story, and it's but it's Uh, made less tight by the way it's published, and that's just a bummer. I just I miss this kind of story, and I I, I'm sorry to have sidetracked us for so long, but it's just something I wanted to call out because I have not felt this excited for reading some part of this comic, right? Like Judge Dredd, I I know it will be dependable, it will be interesting, it will be weird in some way. Or or there are particular uh, thrills that I can pick on, uh, that are fairly uh, kind of consistent. Um, I would have never, ever expected Beyond Zero to be what it mm. is. Ever, yeah. I mean, it's like a- especially when we first saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be this." You're, it's a cabbie with a cyber arm, and he's picking up this woman, and he's talking kind of shitty to her. But then it turned out to be a great noir story, and yeah, then I- a fucking like Rocketeer slash Mad Max adventure movie. Great
0: yeah it's very much kind of a forgotten story so I'm, I'm i'm glad we're digging it and um hey fox let's talk about some more stories that, that are kind of interesting maybe more long term ones in this case with thrill three strontium dog we're digging deep on this one
1: buddy mm,
0: script robot alan grant art robot simon harrison letting robot gordon robson his kid so mutant teen Farrell awakens in a new world, having been tossed through a mysticated Stonehenge, along with a bunch of other ne'er do wells from Milton Keynes and mutant bounty hunter Johnny Alpha. Last episode or previously,
1: I I love some of the initial mutants that we see here, mm-hmm. not given names, but I don't know who Suction Cup Head yeah, guy is. Yeah, there's just or a, bunch of, like, a, technical... bunch, a bunch of a
0: bunch of a bunch of Simon Harrison weirdos yeah. sort of mixed
1: in with these with these mutants. It they... really feels more fit to his style than just drawing a terrifying blood creature mm. which mutants? yeah the mutants look around and as the
0: as the mists the mists clear that they, they, they find your standard giant
1: mounds of mutant skeletons bad times <laughs> oh also is there a mutant really and i want to be i want to ask you mm. big jim Bullocks, in terms of like i mean that means balls yeah all right bad times We're moving on
0: Worst times as the demon made up of the evil spirits of Lyrian sorcerers we saw
1: previously <laughs> swoops in to attack them all. Hey listen, Every- who else is going to eat all this meat and skin off of these bones? Someday? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, everyone runs for cover as the beast picks them off as it pleases. Pharaoh
0: makes a break for it dragging Johnny Alpha's unconscious body with him. Um when he um when he gets to a crag in a hillside where Feral gets grabbed by a couple Mm-mm.
1: kids from the Goblin Horn Horde gang, his old buddies, I guess. So I'll do Think. one aside here, which is like, I know I shit on Feral before. Mm-hmm. I do like, I, it feels a little out of character, but I kind of get it because, you know, the jump on with the car and kind of- yeah,
0: I think they've bonded a little
1: bit in the yeah, last exactly. couple of progs. So this I felt this did feel
0: kind of natural for Farrell to be helping Johnny out here. I mean, not leaving tip, him just to be eaten for
1: sure. The tip on the other side of the scale is uh skateboarding goblins. <laughs> so mm. just to be clear, yeah. It's not me shitting on Farrell, but it's it's me definitely being like Kids like the skateboards. I mean, this is a very
0: Bradley-inspired group of kids. Which yeah, m- which makes sense from from Simon Harris and being here. Hey, um, fellow young adults. Exactly. Um. So yeah, they found some relative safety in the caves on the hill, and Johnny seems to be coming around, but it's still pretty bad out there. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. In reality, in Salisbury, a radio host is talking about the mutants <gasps> oh. sent to the Utopia dimension, including uh, uh, spinning Johnny's exile as voluntary.
1: This is maybe my favorite part. Good Oops. propaganda here. This is, no, uh, 646 is the best part of the whole Strontium Dog for this month, in Fair. my opinion. We see a council estate agent head off to work, but then mutant bounty hunter <laughs> bin
0: Face McNulty shows up, punches him out, and steals his stuff. After saying a
1: bunch of uh, English Scottish. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna and them not u- understanding the any of it, and him just like not giving a fuck. I, it's true McNulty and full McNulty, and then the rest of this. And that's all I'll say. This is all just McNulty does crimes. This is just Alan Alan Grant having
0: fun with his Scottish oh, stuff. So I think good. at the radio station, everyone seems pretty excited about this whole mutant um, solution until Liddy Face calls in, calls them full on racists and Nazis, which I thought was pretty good. After all this pussyfooting around, and then and then, and then what he does he do? Drives the estate agent's car straight through the front of the station.
1: And then what does he do, Conrad? He
0: shoots the DJ with a stun gun or with the stun settings of his blaster, then uses all this radio gear to send a message to the radio operator (laughs) up in the doghouse, the headquarters of the Strontium Dog. It's not clear what the message is, but I guess we'll learn pretty soon. And then what does he do, Conrad? Then Midden Face heads out, blowing the place behind, blowing up the (laughs) place
1: behind him, obviously not looking as he drives away. Obviously not looking, Fox. Because... And I want to be very clear, cool guys don't look at explosions. Nah. Just, and I, just, I, I will be very clear if every Tales of the Doghouse from this point forward is Midden Face McNulty doing very illegal things to definitely Nazis, I'd be okay with that. Fair. Yeah, listen. <laughs> this is low, the best. As I always say, Fox, it's a low-calorie
0: kill for sure. Um so, mm. that, finally, Johnny Alpha's up and about, walking determinedly into the wastes of Utopia. Back in the caves, Pharaoh pleads with his buddy to help Johnny, but apparently, Johnny said to hang back. He knows what he's doing. We get some, actually, we do get something I like, which is just some discussion of Johnny's reputation among the mutants, yeah, like, and, like that he's a hero and stuff.
1: Yeah, and kind of like the, the, um,. Kind of the narrator text, especially. What I love is shine on you, crazy diamond being this theme through the narrator text. Yeah, absolutely. You only ever say that about a strontium dog and I could never have that. And you find out who the narrator is at the end and it really means something. Like it's actually a part of why I love stront. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is a really cool, just sort of like one prog section here, I think. Yeah.
0: at the bone pile, Johnny prepares himself. Um Yeah, Yeah. He, he doesn't have any weapons. All he has is a phosphor flare, which might buy him some time. The demon beast nears him. And as he does, Johnny shoots beams of alpha rays at the beast. But when he does, he just sees the evil Lyrian sorcery
1: animating it. Holy shit! He got he gained insight, but guess what? Insight gains you also a little bit of insanity. Mm, Some insight into your
0: own eyeballs, Fox. No, he oh, tries God. to stare it down, but the beast just outclasses him. Shoots eye beams right in its face as uh, the be- as the beast prepares to kill Johnny. One of the goblin kids, like you said, has been has been narrating this whole time, wondering about his own chance at becoming a hero. Runs out in a moment of glory to save Johnny. S- Sid Surely. the goblin rides his skateboard into the face of the monster, skate or die, and the lads get Johnny to safety. Sid gets vaporized, and in the caves, they check the damage. Oh, snack. Johnny's eyes been burned out of his head. They had a part one of the final solution.
1: So I, I just want to be clear about two things, and I'll say the, the first one first as a respect to the, to the fallen. Mm. Part of what I love about Strontium Dog... Versus, say, this is not always completely true, but Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. The characters around Johnny, and Johnny deals with this a lot, regularly, are struck in some ways to do something heroic, or at the very least, like, this is is a compulsion of somebody who you see them for two progs, talk about how much they wish something, get pushed down and said, like, no, just fucking ride your skateboard, don't do anything don't do any of this dead Mm. because the like this underlying purpose of Strontium Dog is always push back against this kind of uh, against hate basically yeah Um, which I think is what Alpha and especially Wolf like that was kind of their ethos you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's
0: something. I, I, I think the like it's 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 one of the big differences, right, between Johnny and uh, and, and uh, Joe or Alpha and Dread mm. or whatever. Just mm. is that you know Johnny Alpha's part of this. Um, he's like he's like part part of, part of a uh, minority class that gets discriminated against quite a bit. But mm. he also, but that means that he's you know taking these bounties and doing <coughs> heroic things as part of it. You know, well, he like,
1: accepts his part within the society. Yeah, when and, when the agreement is struck, right? He said, "Look, I'll do this thing so long as there is no horrible racism."
0: Yeah, you and know? I think, but I think also it means that Johnny ends up like picking up side characters and sort of inspiring people to do things as well. You know, you By get accident
1: sometimes. Yeah. Clearly,
0: midden face the Gronk, yeah. even like a like a Durham Red or something like that. You know, all these different characters that. That sort of show up in his orbit and get their own time to shine. I think it's different for Dread, who I mean does have that occasionally with characters like Anderson oh. or Hershey or something. I mean, but yeah, very it's much very a, rare. Yeah, and very much of what's the key to Dread is that he's this authority
1: figure who stands at the center of things. You know, Well, it's how, I, I would say how that two he's the op- express themselves sorry. differently. Yeah, sorry. Go I ahead. would I would say if they were both in the same story, Dread would be in direct opposition to Alpha, right? So mm. we, we, we in some ways, root for both um, because of the nuances of the character, right? Like, Alpha yeah. doesn't want people to see him as a hero. The reason Alpha joined Strontium Dogs was purely because, listen, the piece is there. I'm not there to make more war and see more death. That's mm-hmm. what I got out of it, right? Yeah. I mean, um, they, yeah. And that's sort of his acceptance of, like, this is how it is. But anytime that balance goes like even slightly out, Alpha's the first one stepping up, and you kind of see these different people and how they see him, right? Yeah. so Feral, and one of the things that I'm starting to like just slightly about the character. <laughs> he's very pandering in in certain ways, But what I'm starting to like about the character is the first the initial kind of way that he felt about him is your strontium dog fuck you yeah ma- and and maybe even didn't know about his past or didn't <clears throat> care. Uh, Which is this interesting thing that I think is the the kind of deep-seated thing about Strontium Dog that I like so much more. And I'm not saying that Dread is bad. I like Strontium Dog so much more than Dread for that reason. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of exploration of that character through other people and also through Johnny. The second thing I'll say is, Conrad, I swear to God, and I need to ask this, did they just blast out his eyes? Do I need to worry about this as a long-term thing? Or is this just like a fucking whatever? Uh, I, I need t- to know now if I need to invest myself into this.
0: I'll tell this you that, is like- um, that will return for the first Strontium Dog Final Solution Part 2 with a new artist in full color in summer of 1990. Okay. And <clears throat> um, um, ha- have you heard of the show on, um, um, Flash Forward? <laughs> it's sort of a I minor show. Don't worry about it. The first episode of those sh- of, of that show has a title that's always stuck with me, even if the show itself hasn't. Okay. The name of that sh- the name of the, of that show is No More Good Days. And that's what I would say is a subtitle for
1: part two of the final solution. I know you very well, Conrad. I appreciate the subtext. Uh, thanks. It's close great. to the surface, buddy. I mean, great. <laughs> great. Well, great. Okay. Listen, it's not till the summer of 1990. We uh, got a lot of time, so no, don't I, worry about it too much. I, I'm just glad they're going to hit me over the head with a hammer. I just needed to know if it was going to be a scalpel or, or a hammer. Okay. I'm going to say, might be happy stick time to talk
0: about yeah. uh, uh, wolf and so forth. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rise of both. On to slightly happier topics, Fox, just because that's such a bummer. Uh. It means that a happier topic can still be
1: non-thrills, covers, and nerve centers. I I appreciate your enthusiasm. Honestly, actually, for for this run, you're right. I I really enjoy looking at these covers more than other things. (laughs) So first up, 645, Proc 645, Kev Hopgood draws Tanner Beyond Zero teaching us some machine gun etiquette. I mean, Maybe. listen, you can't just hold an Uzi just by, you know, the clip. It's not going to be great. You got to steady that, cl- that, that machine gun. Do it's it, a machine you know. gun.
0: Do what I please. In the nerve center, it seems that the Prague, including the introducing the mark of the beast, aka the, the UPC code, on, on, on the 2000 AD cover, has been yeah, released, boy. and letters are livid. <laughs> there's, oh. a pic, there's a picture of Dread Tough on the street, but it's in negative. And then a Gordon climbs Dread or Judge with a big old gun. And letters talk about magazines with single letter names, and then generally just complain about
1: barcodes. But are they complaining about barcodes because of the weird fucking? Nah, like, they're complaining. Infused- like okay, it's a
0: lot of like artistic things. Like oh man, like I love a two thousand AD cover, and now it's got a, an ugly barcode on it, like a can of
1: peas. Like that's not cool. Like, like hey, listen, kind of man, you can't shit on people for like making their lives easier when they charge you something. I'm sorry. I think it's really crazy just because barcodes
0: have been mm-hmm. on American comics since like the late '60s. I want to say. Definitely uh, early 70s. So so it's very much that, like welcome to the po- party, pal,
1: you know? That's possible. I know the big scare for barcodes in the US, like when it started to get really big, it was during the early 80s. Like I, I remember seeing commercials about it, like from local TV networks, like don't buy things with barcodes on them because devil. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, always the case, you know. I I mean, maybe it was even before. It was just such a weird thing to me because I'm like, why would we not make the person who's collecting your money's life easier? Why would they just have to type things in? My mom has to do that as a, an accountant and that sucks, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's always – it's a tough thing. Yeah, I'm looking
0: at like some of my old uh, Doctor Strange comics from back in the day. Oh, and, like, shit. Here's that's one right. Th- you and, like, have them. And there's one from like 1976 that's got a barcode like
1: I don't see the problem. Well, well, I guess yeah. it's the
0: yeah, it's the big line that denotes 6. Yeah. And it's it's just a box that kind of like covers some of the art and stuff like that. But anyway. Oh,
1: actually, you know what that that is actually fair, honestly.
0: Yeah, like, I mean it just it,
1: it, I mean even if you look at like modern 2000 ADs the barcode's very small on those. So it's, it's sort of I, a I thing never did away understand from. why they didn't just put like magazines or comic books inside of a plastic wrap with a sticker on it. Sometimes they do. Like I like the magazines sold that way, I know, but not not the product itself. I think it's I don't just think. the plastic and the sticker are extra. You know what just, I mean? You, you have know, to do it for each one. The
0: mo- the most the, the more you can do to eliminate packaging is always good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so well, six, fair actually. Yeah, it's, you know it's it, it's a it's a lot, it's a it's a trade-off prog mm. 646 dread stands over the body of a knocked out skater <laughs> has he gone too far this one's by sean phillips who draws a very mccarthy-esque wide helmet here it's his first time in the Prague. i won't do any actual Is drills Judge until going over
1: the top always Is listen our public judiciary system destroying the american ethos Let's find See out. See my
0: report at 9. Yeah. In the nerve center, <laughs> Tharg is starting to get a, Sorry, oh, man. In the nerve center, Tharg's starting to get a hype for Prague 650, and it's triple color. There's a picture of Judge Billy Connolly, a picture and a letter congratulating Tharg for upgrading the packaging of mailed copies of 2000 AD. Uh, this, this is, is going to sound horrible. Crushed to Billy oblivion Connelly? by the postal service. Sorry, what Who who's Billy Connolly? I know that the, sounds bad. Is a folk singer,
1: bad. I believe. From our, I know he's like, folk singing. Oh man, making me look. Uh, no, I mean I'm looking it up. A stand-up comedian. No, sorry, Conway. Uh, retired no, no, no. Scottish stand-up comedian. Yeah, okay. okay. I was I just wondering first. if I needed to know this person. No, it's just another one of these random dudes. You know. Um. <sighs> yeah. All right. Please. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I. I just. I. I was. Yeah. All right. Stop bothering you. Letters, no, sorry. I just like I don't know, like you know, I, I kind of have stuff prepped, so when I have to look up, when I have to figure out, no, what's no, going, no but I, I was it was weird because I, takes me out. Man, I'm sorry. Um, letters compliment John Brosnan on the zero stories, <laughs> but another calls him to task for not liking Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then has a very "my dad works at Nintendo" kind of declaration <laughs> that Arnie will star as Dread in the Judge Dredd movie, which will be out two years from oh, now. Uh, my. God. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That's sort of any kind of like kid speaking with authority. Like uh like Arnold Schwarzenegger will be Judge Dreddy, the movie, and will be out in mm. two years.
1: Man, I really like uh that small British child was so very I think I've done this himself. previously, but yeah, now that kid's actually like like eighteen and he's like Way. I mean that kid's that kid's an 18-year-old asshole who still talks like his balls are in his throat. So mm. The prog ends with a very cool star, star scan
0: of Tharg in a sweet le- uh, red leather jacket and shades. believe this is a reference to Michael Jackson Thriller, but it could be something else. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of like red leather jackets in the, in the late 80s, Fox. It could be uh, anything.
1: Acceptable
0: yeah prog 647 i'll still know you look into my prophecy eyes fun judge anderson cover looking
1: so way over my head but also she's looking gorgeous funny. yeah i we're, mean we're looking... I, it's my favorite cover of this whole set definitely yeah we're we're, we're looking down
0: on her as some pink eyes uh Look up from behind her. It's by uh, layout droid Steve Cook, who I believe I've accidentally called Robin Cook several times in the course of this podcast. It's a real dumb, and I got confused by his robot alias Robo Cook. Too in- many names
1: in this world, Conrad. Mm. Too many. In names. the Nerve
0: Center, Thark still talking up Prague 650, this time mentioning the thrills there, including Dread, Slain, Rogue Trooper, Zenith, and the Dead Man. The pictures are all Batman-based with a Judge Jack Nicholson Joker and a Judge Batman. Letters include a Tharg-based poem and a reader that has fallen into a deep comic addiction. Oh, no. The oh, no. Prague ends with a star scan of acid Archie from Zenith by Steve Yole. It's got a yellow pretty and red. black. Yeah, it's got this yellow and black checkerboard background with a squares
1: changed side. mixed for a pretty trippy optical illusion, actually. I mean, I, I love it. I t- mostly just because I like RG. Yeah, he's my Archie's favorite good. character who just literally has not been given enough screen time. Totally. Yeah, this one's got. I feel like also just because of the
0: of the black and yellow heads of, and the optical illusion, it's got a very Strenko kind of feel. Oh. If you're sort of into into comics terms, uh, so Prague 648. McAustin gives us a pretty good view of Dread's chin here. It's Dread in the dog's body in the nerve center. <sighs> Tharg must stress that Prague 650 is going to be great. There's pictures of a Judge Generate from Medivac 318 and a terrifying sure. Midden face. The clown. Um, I move on, please. Also, it seems folks are starting to remember something I glossed over in Prague 601. Namely, no that Tharg has teased that tragedy is nigh for one of the major characters in, in 2000 AD. And then uh, he's a liar. That lays a liar. out a theory that a, and a, a reader. Lays out a theory that it might be Johnny Alpha while Thark mentions that <sighs> it could be Rogue in this new story coming out. And there's lots of major that's... 2000 AD characters that could be dead, man. Like okay. Dread,
1: Walter, even Banjo from Beyond the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers that. No <laughs> one remembers Banjo. However, if they chose Rogue as the character, that's such a fucking cop out. <laughs> that's a. That's a cop-out. The final hit is you. Uh, um, no, I mean, of course, we all knew the final hit was him. But it, the final hit will never come. Sorry. Yeah, we'll actually winter your
0: special this year. Get hype. <sighs> um Another then- writer has fi- has uh, killed a fly with the prog and a third wonders what? if that axe murderer kid is related to a an, um, to another dread story or even to Luke Kirby. And speaking of Luke Kirby, the prog ends with a half page ad for the Dead Man drawn by mm. Luke Kirby artist John John Ridgway and an ad for Crisis as
1: you do. So so walk me through in a small way mm. what should I expect of Dead Man? Without giving anything away, well, if there's one thing I know from professional wrestling, it's that <sighs> the Dead Man, aka the Phenom, um, <laughs>
0: will either be part of, of a of a Ministry of, of Darkness, or, I mean, or that's perhaps our greatest hope. some kind of biker that kind of rolls around to various kind of late '90s. Um, like a rap rock kind of stuff you know? One of these things is not like the other. It's weird because on the WWE network they have the rights to the Limp Bizkit song but not to the Kid Rock song so when he first shows up he he comes out to this song that's the WWE production music which has a line that says good guys you know they always finish last but bad guys are always kicking assholes ass. (sighs) that's no, right badass is always kicking assholes ass excuse me oh it's the best
1: line ever ever <laughs> i don't i don't i i don't know how i feel about it given that there is so much ass in it but mm. also that's exactly why i love it does yeah. that make sense Absolutely, yeah. No, this is how it goes.
0: Um, Dead man's gonna be a real fun story. It's gonna be black and white. It's gonna be a good amount of violence. I think there's gonna be a lot <sighs> of people getting shot in the face. Um, it's, it's also got what you look for in John Ridgway, which is one, which is at least one really terrified kid being all freaked out. <laughs> You know, I was I was planning to say this for next episode, but no one draws a terrified kid like John
1: Ridgway. and I that's a great talent to have. I don't know if what I was looking forward to was a terrified child. However, I didn't know that I didn't know that I didn't want it.
0: I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's gonna, you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to obfuscate here because there's big stuff with it, Fox. But I'm I'm, I'm
1: highly I'm highly excited now. I like I'm children s- and I like them more terrified than not. So that works. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Um,
0: the back cover is a full page, co- uh, a, a full color page of of, of a oh, furthest lobe and Al Mirandra facing down the forces of hell as Satan looks on by Mike
1: Hadley. I love these, these like big <sighs> Mike Hadley pages, <sighs> even if I don't care for the thrill itself. <laughs> well, there, there are parts for me and we'll get there when we get yeah. there. Uh, but I loved this. Like, yeah, really, it was, yeah. it's it's complicated. It's beautiful. It makes you excited. And then you read it. All right. Mm. Moving on.
0: Yeah. Prug 649. Steve Cook is a pretty similar, uh, a pretty simple cover for us. Tharg the Mighty as a Nucleus. 2000 AD. It's atomic. Uh, meh. In the worst, in the nervous- worst comic book front for me. This month. It's very simple and mm. very apt because in the nerve center, Thor <laughs> drops the bomb, namely that the price of the comic is going oh. up to forty pence for
1: prog six fifty. <laughs> you dastard. And if you didn't know, he's gonna say it twice in this. He's gotta warn you. There's pictures uh. of a vacationing
0: Torque Bermuda and good. Judge and Judge Notman, who's based on the an, on the uh, mascot for the band Anthrax. Letters ask about a a rad bug. Another says that Captain Flynn looks a lot like Dredger. And Dredger never had a ponytail, buddy. Get out of here. There's a letter. Dredger would never
1: be seen with a fucking ponytail. You mm -hmm. kidding?
0: There's a a letter that says blah, blah, blah a lot. And a theory that Judge Corey is the major character that died. But Dark says no. Blah, blah, blah. Blah 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 blah. Um <laughs> Towards the end of the prog, we got a lot of ads. First for the dreaded two thousand eighty Annuals, which we've just covered, a double page ad for Prog 650, you won't believe your eyes, and then a Brendan McCarthy cover for 2080 monthly, volume <sighs> we've three seen this before. of Judge Dread's Case Files. Yeah, it's a reused um um cover piece. Uh also for Crisis, and finally a full page color ad for a collected edition of Slaying the Horn God. <sighs> also part one. seen this
1: before, but also and. In- Epic fucking back page image. The I mean, because ma- the first thing that you do, I don't know how many people who are listening have been to comic book stores. I would imagine not so many, you know. Mm, I don't know. Were. The first thing I do is look at the front, then look at the back. And when I see a, a man in a leather codpiece holding a giant axe, I think, like, okay, they got something to sell me here.
0: I'll say like these Slain out, al- Like like this volume one of Slain sold massively. Like they're... jelly. Really? J- like they're justifying to their bosses adding three more color stories per Prague because Slain sold so
1: much. Basically, I mean, I would, I like it was. It was I'm big not in the surprised, U- but also that's awesome. You know, it was big in the UK.
0: It was big. It was. It was big on the continent, actually, which oh, is kind of cool. That's like, like so great Europe. because it's such a good like, story. Yeah, like the whole set. And so it means that when Slain Book Two comes next episode, that it's also got a lot of weight on it, and we and we should definitely uh,
1: feel like if it, it, it's living up to that. And I think it will because there's just a lot of cool stuff in there. This Beaver dude, oh, I'm so awesome. excited. I won't remember that I said how awesome this was, but also, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. So I feel like the second one will just blow it out of the water again because Slain is so good. Anyway. Yeah. Definitely. And speaking of things that are that are good but also extremely weird, Fox.
0: Good. <laughs> <Get> real <laughs> odd. Let's go to Thrill
1: Four, Judge Dread. In the uh, words of DDR <laughs> Night of fire.
0: Scriptor about John Wagner, art sorry. Scriptor robots John Wagner and Alan Grant, art robots Cam Kennedy, Vanyo, Paul Marshall and Dougie Braithwaite. Letting robot. Tom Frame. I mean the coloring and everything are they're just so great in this. Definitely. Ah. Yeah. W- Wagner and Kennedy start us off, continuing from last episode. We saw a bunch of rich guys blowing up a cardboard city An encampment of people experiencing homelessness. Naturally, one of these guys is getting way too into it. Dredd Things calls have not in. changed much. They are now just posting it on YouTube. Mm. Dread calls in the uh, the conflagration as we see hundreds of boxes and tons of people burning up and exploding. Horrible. Dread sees the rich guys running away and tags one of them with a heat with, with, with some heat seeker bullets. And apparently, the heat seekers just don't react to these giant phosphorus flames. <sighs> here, don't worry really about bad. it. Take them out. Guess not. Anyway, he then stays to try to deal with the flames, though he does call in the perps to uh, Central. And then the most epic thing happens over the next two (laughs) issues. A ton of fire comes and judges stand impotently before the conflagration. And Dredd eventually is like, screw this. We can't help. I'm going to go after these perps. And
1: they also paperwork, right? Mm. And they, in turn, have just run in to goddamn Maria. And if there is one thing that I know... About early dread, there is nothing that show stops harder than Walter. But if there was a second thing that show stops harder than Walter, definitively it's Maria. Mm,
0: she yells at them and hits their car with her bottle. This leads to a <laughs> fight, and when it does, she just kicks these dudes' asses with oh a mix my. of. Um, she takes him out with a mix of kicks <sighs> and headbutts, and Dred's able to arrest them pretty pretty easily. She used a buck. She balked she, a guy. Yeah, no, a couple cakes, a couple
1: headbutts, God, bad Maria time. is so epic. She changed. <laughs> All I'm saying is her drunken fury mm, could have been in a kung fu movie. Listen, Mega City
0: One, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. These streets will inspire you to headbutt, Fox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> JD, get it. Not Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? See what I got it. I got it. I'm putting it down. Alright.
0: <laughs> uh, so apparently they were all members of the Edmund Ross Residence Committee. Dredd orders them to the cubes and the rest of the, of the committee interrogate to see if they were involved with this. For her help, <laughs> Maria t- uh, tells Maria to, to check herself into a rehab center, but she refuses. So instead, Dredd sentences her to a rehab center, and that's how you solve a
1: problem like Maria. Honestly, I loved the end of this. Uh, I think it's it's super easy to look at it as... Uh, I, I mean, I think it's very obvious about what it is, right? Like it mm-hmm. is obviously Joe Dredd having feelings about something. I also think it is... I mean, maybe this will come back up later, but I think it is a very good way of writers showing respect to older writing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, even like, if I don't respect Maria herself very much as, as a character. <laughs> well, uh, exactly, right? Like I think that, that the the best part of what we've read so far is how Maria has fallen mm-hmm. and a lot of how she thinks of Judge Dredd. But I think yeah. a lot of that has to do about how artists feel about how they wrote a character that literally mattered the least and they discarded. Yeah, I don't and know. they I mean- discarded... S- uh, so hard that that it was in a garbage dump the whole time, and now suddenly they're trying to expose a bit more of Judge Red's feelings. All I'm saying is that she's still an item almost entirely in the story that is just there to move Judge Red's pl- plot along. So even if yeah. there is some kind of meaning there, it really feels almost meaningless. I mean I'll say that, that that to me this is less about Maria
0: and more part of this continuing thing we've seen about dread about him getting a little softer exactly and sort of getting older and having more sentimentality around things and stuff like that it's much less of yeah it's it's definitely not so much about Maria who I don't exactly. think exactly like, again, I'll be interested to hear if someone knows of more Maria sightings, but I think the next time we see her is like in 2004 or something in the, uh, whatever happened to Maria stories or something. So that's what
1: disappoints me about this whole story. I mean, there's other she things to kind of get to, you know? Sure. I just mean it. it's like, it, she feels still like a tool mm-hmm. if that means anything. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right. It's, it's just like this character could have been deeper and this whole thing could have been deeper. I think it would have been if, better if JD couldn't have done anything about her problem.
0: I mean, I don't like... I think like, that
1: would have grown something.
0: I'll tell you that it's not like this rehab changes her situation very much from when we oh. check in on her later, you know? Great. But Why say something works? All right. That's a cool. long-term situation. Um, okay. Okay. Next up, uh, Vanyo takes over on art as reporter Eldon Dodge of the news show, Dodge the Issue, tries to interview Dredd about abuses of oh. his power. Dredd tells him to get lost with very vocal support from the perp he's arrested, which I think is pretty funny. The I was like, Get it. out of here. This is this, my arrest. Hey, get out of here. here. <laughs> uh, I love that. Back in the news studio, studio Dodge says he's going to show Dredd's actions sometime go, go over the top. He interviews a man that was jaywalking and got hit by Dredd's bike. When he gets out of the hospital, (laughs) he's getting uh, nine months in the cubes for jaywalking on the street. I literally feel like none of this would matter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah. On the street, Dredd demands that Dodge strip off for a body search, and we learn about a lady who was also strip searched by Dredd, possibly related to all those people she murdered. Uh, Dredd well. gives the news team six months, and six months later, they're back out <laughs> and try to talk to Dredd again, but he just rolls on. I mean, he's got perps to catch, yeah. I feel like. And Dread pro- uh, Dodge promises to do more reports on Dread, but this very much feels like controlled opposition to me, Fox. <sighs> like you have a visible person criticizing Dread, but that person's clearly a fool and does so ineffectually. It gives the judges an attempt to say, "Oh, listen, we allow plenty of dissent. We got this uh, Dodge guy who's you know yelling about Dread all the time. Like you know, we're Conrad, basically
1: good folks um, and listeners." I know it may seem surprising, uh, but having a particular surname, of which most people use to call you, mm. like affectionately, may come with some territory of people making uh, jokes about things that sound like that. What does the fox say, or perhaps um, other things?
0: Yeah. Lying around the house, etc. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: Conrad! Really? <laughs> no no one. one's made that joke. <laughs> I'm just I. Whatever, I want you to, to be straight with me. <laughs> I just want to belong, ever... Fox. <laughs> no, no one has.
0: Move along. Good. Although it is, it is like it, it is funny because my last name means
1: suffering in German, which I'm sure Reggie would would chuckle at. But anyway. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Work on some. I'm going to work on my uh, my
0: top five. Okay. But anyway, you were saying about Fox News. I remember we said oh, no, in, our previ- in our previous oh, conversation, you said this guy looks a lot like Sean Hannity to you, I think. Oh, the, not, uh, not Sean American- Hannity.
1: Tucker oh, sorry, Carlson. Tucker Carlson. That's he, right. He, um, he American- looks literally like he, Tucker Carlson. Fox News journalist. <sighs> the the problem with, with uh, people knowing you with the name Fox is that it's uh, the low-hanging fruit is <laughs> Fox News, um, ah. which, uh, you know – I don't like to get political with people that I know personally all yeah. the time plus I know kind of their boundaries so I'll play around with that a bit but um with people I don't really know it's like the the easiest haha Tucker Carlson uh and I do not mind saying this as uh what's the difference what's the verbal <laughs> thing of libel? I hate Tucker Carlson. <laughs> That's that's the That's the person everyone thinks I look like, and I don't think I look like him. I don't think you look
0: like him either, but I don't know. It's a weird thing. But let's move. Let's go on, Fox. I don't want to spend too long on this stuff, Um, because we got animals to talk about, Fox. All right? Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Alan Grant and Paul Marshall take over. Other animals to talk about, I should say. Alan Grant and Paul Marshall take over at the start of a series of human animal brain stories. A man survived Monk. impact from a, bla- from a bat glider and is now paralyzed from the face down, but has a cybernetically enhanced brain linked helper monkey. But now that monkey is running amok.
1: He's got a. How many uh, Monkey King bars do you think he has? I mean, in terms of connectivity. Like he,
0: I mean, it seems like he's got four bars, Fox. He's got full <laughs> bars because he's graffitiing the walls. He's ripping ladies' clothes off. He's throwing melons at Judge Dredd. I'll be honest, if I had mental control of a monkey, yeah, yeah, we know what. Yeah, listen, we know what you do, Fox. The monkey wow. runs as Dredd follows it. <laughs> There's narration boxes basically explaining the concept of a helper monkey, which I feel like we well, all kind of have, gets, a, have more. This about. gets real dark. Of, of, of a grass on in 2020 yeah it's it's bad times um the man basically he's confined to a bed he can't talk or do anything he wants to die and is using this monkey to help him when Dredd arrives at his apartment a recording plays threatening dread he's hoping the lawman will shoot him because of it and he does but in a final act of kindness candy the monkey jumps in front of the bullets saving him wow buddy you're one I, lucky guy," Dread says to paralyzed man as tears fall down his face. Grim,
1: <laughs> extremely grim. Can we? Uh, I, I just let's go to the next one, man. Yeah, this this, this was super. No, sad. No, this one's yeah. It is it is a real sad. This one, one hit for me for right in the feels because oh man, you know when you have well, next, when you have a bond with an animal and and also yeah. being quadriplegic and uh, like it was just not. Not great. Like I, I seriously, I'm yeah, happy no, I, I agree. they did it. I don't know if they were aware enough for it, but uh, you know, that's that's enough that I I can say about it because it it yeah. actually made me tear up a bit because it was oh man yeah no it's oh, a real it bummer sweet. of a story for sure. So next up,
0: J- John Wagner and Doug and Dougie Braithwaite <laughs> will finish us off for Dread here, Fox.
1: This one's called Confessions <laughs> of a Rottweiler, I, and I see- just don't know how you can both. And I'll say this because I won't i will say anything at the end. How you can both make like a, a terrifying murder dog story, all Rottweilers or all some kind of dog murder, but then also do the twist of, you know, let's have some feelings at the end. Yeah. But the way they do it is also like, but it's not, I mean, it's not a, it's now not a dog story. And I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, I don't really? know what the the verdict at the end, The the... the well, let's talk the about The point. It. Yeah. yeah. No, let's get to it here. Yeah. So
0: if this one's called Confessions of a Rottweiler and a giant goddamn goddamn dog is storming through the city fox.
1: <laughs> giant goddamn. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a monster dog and it's already got blood all over its mouth and giant razor sharp teeth yeah. and a huge fucking tongue. It's terrifying.
0: It's right. Definitely. Dredd's in pursuit, and the canine is seemingly headed for a hair salon, I guess. It bursts through the shop window, menaces a hairdresser
1: who says that he and Marjorie are just friends for some reason. The dog attacks the man, and it is pretty scary. Also, very clear that it was not a just friends situation, I feel like, but Mm. we'll get there. Dredd arrives at the scene, pulls the dog off the man with his day stick, and the Rottweiler raises his paws, seeming to surrender. Honestly proud of Judge Dredd for not just shooting a random animal? Yeah. Like I feel like so many things where someone is about to die in the jaws of a giant beast how often just <laughs> Judge Dredd just like, you know. I mean I think uh, that's bit honestly an animal. I think like, he honestly, shoots a lot of things.
0: Yeah. I mean honestly I think in real life that's the standard operating procedure. They don't really is, arrest
1: arrest dogs. They sort of kill them nope. and test them for rabies basically. <laughs> Um, because, because yeah. it's because so, yeah, you also don't want to get bit and also don't want someone to die. No, I'm nope. just you know, it's yeah. a good plot device for the situation. I, I like the I dog. the it, the, do- the Rottweiler does look pretty cute when it when it surrenders. For the record, um, I'm very happy I didn't have to look up. Does the dog die? Judge Dread number six forty eight. The man's had his throat ripped out,
0: and Dredd's going to check the his owner. The dog's the <laughs>
1: right his throat was ripped
0: (laughs) Dred says to destroy the dog but it responds like it can understand so it seems to be very smart which is weird I mean it runs
1: right to a computer and starts typing in with dog paws which is impressive
0: while Dred's checking on the owner he does get a call from the animal control unit where the Rottweiler has commandeered a computer and seems to be typing a
1: confession I swear to God, if it had said uh, milk bones, please, that would have been the best. No, it just would not have a, been the best. Yeah, he's no, not I a know, dog. I know. I was just very excited.
0: Yeah. He's writing his confession. His name is Re- is uh, Rex Ewens. He used to be a human <sighs> living with his wife Marjorie oh, in the Debbie Pfeiffer block. Possibly a minor character on the show The Wonder Years. I don't know, but it seems. Rex was diagnosed with an incurable <laughs> disease. His body would wither away, but his brain's still good. They could transplant into a robot. That's pretty expensive. So instead, they went down to Mexit to get a cheaper transplant. Um, I swear as to Dred God. enters the Debbie Pfeiffer block we learned in, in the present. Robot <laughs> penis. It's mm. worth it. Nah. In Mexit. We learned that from Rick and Morty. Right. They yeah. offer him a mutant Rottweiler because it's got a big old head. Um, I mean, not
1: big enough for a whole human brain, <laughs> but big enough to get most of the good parts of the brain in there. Can, if you can put a human brain in a panther head case, you can definitively put it in a Rottweiler Oh, brain I feel down. like
0: we're in different areas of technology between Mean Arena and, um, and Judge Dredd Fox. Which one's more technologically oh, advanced, Conrad? Mean Arena, for sure. Really? Gets, yeah. Rex okay. the surgery and pretty much right away Mar- uh, uh, Marjorie gets distanced probably because they didn't get him some kind of Henry Moon like voice
1: box Fox
0: like that's the I key, mean also
1: know? and she immediately makes out with a balding green haired man on the street it's true it's bad times I, I uh, think honestly she was trying to bail a lot longer before
0: that <laughs> absolutely soon marjorie is stepping out with her hairdresser and being a real asshole to rex striking him making him sleep sleep in a kitchen not taking him for walks he overhears her yeah it's terrible man he overhears her planning to have him put to sleep and so he goes into action killing his wife and her lover so So yeah oh sorry no please Dread finds Marjorie's body and his confession is taken. The adjudication committee will have to rule if he is human. Then, he'll, then because of the provocation, he's basically saving his life here. He'll get 15 years. Oh, that's And if he's right. a dog, he'll be put down.
1: Oh, God. You really got to hope that they bring like a typewriter out because apparently they have typewriters, right? Well, yeah, like keyboards he was typing and stuff. his Oh, com- no, I mean, they said it was a computer. The output is a piece of paper that they then had him put his pawn. Just to be yeah. clear,
0: got a print button. Uh,
1: Fine. You've got to hope that they give him the typewriter to then be very clear in his statements. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's yeah. my question: If a dog has a human sentience, can yeah. you put them down, Conrad? I mean, that's
0: what the that's for the the adjudication committee to rule, Fox. That's for you know bigger paychecks than mine.
1: I'll say that. I'll say this. Judge I'm Dredd is willing to give him the opportunity. Yeah. I think to Dredd, like, choice. like me, realize that that's above his pay grade. So he's got to exactly. have someone else figure it out. <laughs> and that's why I love Judge Dredd. I felt bad about a monkey a moment ago and really did a sad. And then I read, I, I just watched Tiger King this last weekend. Like the whole <laughs> thing. I power watched it and so i've had some feelings Mm. and so this monkey comes i'm like oh god feeling feeling these feelings about this monkey in this comic book that didn't i mean this monkey never existed and then as soon as they do like the dog will die i am will smith and uh last man against vampires the movie uh and then they make him a human who kind of (laughs) it's like hey i don't know Gonna go up up against this thing. I'm like Judge Shred makes me laugh even when I'm feeling horrible, and I don't understand how that exists uh, in comics. I'll tell you what I what
0: I say, Fox. I found a diary proving <laughs> that Carol fucking Baskins <laughs> killed oh, no. her husband and put oh, his my- brain
1: in a tiger. So what you're saying is after after we record this, you and I have to have a discussion. What I'm saying is, I heard Carol Bat Carol fucking Baskins put her husband's brain in a dog and then fucked that dog. It's weird times, Fox. You're you're closer <laughs> than you might think. Did you watch that? This is so off topic. Did you watch the last episode where they were talking to people at the end? I haven't. the The live episode wasn't out. Like, no, the union episode wasn't out when I. It's when awkward I, uh, and it's weird because of the guy who's it hosting out. it and all those things. They found. Uh, they found a stuffed tiger that was definitely from the zoo in uh in tiger king's upstairs thing yep. with a hole I'm in the back and a hole in the front let's hey fox uh, yeah that's exactly why i said that so you could cut it out let's move on
0: <laughs> yeah speaking I, of things i, I hate that tiger are, king speaking of um of a programs that are dark and disturbing fox oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> let's is it dark go. or is it upsetting one way or another, it's Thrill 5, Fervent, and Lobe.
1: I only have two questions at the beginning of this before you uh, absolve the following people of their guilt. Mm. I read all of this, Conrad. Yeah. I'll be honest about it. Um, I don't know if I can say anything, and probably I won't. I'll wait till the end. I there's like only I one good... thing yeah. I can say about it, and the second thing I'll say is... <sighs> Please go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I have a decent grasp on it at this point, Fox. Um, Uh, uh, No, I mean, I get it now. I mean, I get the things they said. Mm. I hate all of it. Well, no, no. Actually, there's a very specific part I love that I wish it was its own comic, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah. So, script about John Smith as the Grimm Brothers art robot Mike Hadley letter about Gordon Robson as kid. Oh, boy. Like I said, um, the events of this comic are also the acts of a comedic opera called the Isagiri Variations. Mm-hmm. We're now at the start of part four, and I guess we just got back from intermission. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Spotlight. The Soprano playing Al Mirandra comes on and starts us off. Then we're in a flashback. Freelance psychics, Fervent and Loeb. And the new spiritual, sorry, spirit, freelance psychics, Fervent Loeb, and the new spiritualist friend, Almirandra, are heading oh, to the beautiful. gates of hell to recover the soul of intergalactic tyrant, Isagiri Labach.
1: I love um, the uh, the giant obelisk yeah, slash yeah, yeah. item. Yeah. I don't yeah, even know boundary. how to say it. It's beautiful. The art in all of this. Yeah. When it's to given do, time. Definitely.
0: Yeah. To do that, they're headed to hell's back door. The Usnich. The boundary between the worlds protected by uh Yahrain better uh, Bedouins and like you said, yeah, awesome art here, this full page giant black pillar full of screaming faces surrounded by equally screaming clouds as the team looks tiny in the foreground. Not wanting to sell his car, the lads arrive at the camp, offering
1: to sell Almirandra as a slave girl. Good times. Before we go there, just to be clear, the the portal between the worlds is called the navel between yep, the it's worlds, called, i.e., called the umbilical.
0: I like their it. choice
1: of words. Yeah, I don't like where we're going right now. Mm. That's awful oh. Yeah, the Amir promptly arrives
0: and offers to buy her for his harem and gives him a bunch of money and run to the camp to do so. That night, Almirandra does a belly dance for the Amir and they head off to his tent. Later Oof. we see the Amir has dead is dead and covered in welts, giant warts, small boobs, <sighs> I don't know. But he's dead. The Nipples. team's moving on. They're kind of like bumps. or They're just big is what I'm trying to say. You know, I, she, honestly,
1: I think Waltz is probably the right thing. I think that she just uh, found exactly lover. what he needs. Because mm. honestly, from what I've seen, she's the only character who I've, I have have so far understood in this entire thing. Sure. She's yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the Emir's tent lies a doorway straight to hell. We
0: finally made it. Who's going through but, first? But why? <laughs> anyway. The trio falls through the walls of hell as horned figures look on, saying what they'll do to them. They're demons, and we get several classical demons named in the Meh. course of their conversation. Astaroth, Dantalian, Elagor, all these names I know from the Persona video game series, Fox. <laughs> they speak- <laughs> okay. Oh my god, thank you. Because if you weren't, I was. They all speak with one word bubble in this kind of cursive font with lowercase letters. Mm. In the end, though, they just laugh as fervent Loeb and Almirandra arrive at hell himself, at hell itself. And we get another one of these big full page images <sighs> of hell as the infinite's tortures going on. That's really great. Lots of little stuff. God endless damn. lines of famous people, of, fam- of faceless people, huge smokestacks and
1: smelting towers, demons with flamethrowers, good stuff. So- it's literally the album cover I wanted for my, for my acetate pressing. Totally. So, Fox, we're here in hell because this galactic sure. tyrant, Leibach, ha-
0: uh his soul has been lost and sent to hell and they, uh, they got to get it back. Apparently, it's in four pieces scattered all around and after okay. some arguments, um, I guess they quickly find Labok's head is still alive in a big pile. Um and meanwhile, Satan is being anointed and shown a couple of new designs for various tortures when a messenger arrives and says that the infidels, our team, have arrived. Satan seems pretty amped about this. The hour of our
1: deliverance is at hand. All right. And I mean, FYI, I don't know how they found any of these things, but I'm pretty stoked on Satan. He's maybe my favorite dude because he's getting anointed and there's a lot of cool shit happening in just the parts where none of the characters we know are.
0: He's yeah, I mean, doing some funny stuff. Yeah, they're they're using different um, like psychic powers to kind of figure out where the pieces sure. of, the, of,
1: of 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 Leibach are. Maybe um, I didn't explicitly understand that. However, yeah, don't worry. Satan's my dude. I mean, yeah, he's my favorite part because he's just kind of just. I mean, he's how he's treating his minions and just kind of. I ah, just love it. He seems I cool. Want, yeah, he. I want that guy to have his own comic. <laughs>
0: Oh, listen. Talk to Neil Gaiman, I guess. But Satan speaks with a bold, serif font, sort of like Death in Discworld, I guess. Um, but it seems he oh, keeps, yeah. and it seems he keeps Milton, like the spirit of of the poet John Milton, around to quote Paradise Lost to him. But anyway, Satan's got a plan, <laughs> and, and he doesn't want things to, to seem too easy to the infidels. But you know, he still wants them to do stuff. So let loose the dogs of war, <laughs> the Diamond Dogs. Is he actually uh, David Bowie? Pr- I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see how much uh, yoga Satan's actually able to do. <laughs> oh, that that's the diamond doll. Excuse me. Uh, the lads are pulling... I, no, I
1: loved it. It's exact... <laughs> the... Sorry.
0: the lads are pulling one of Leibach's arms out of this big arm tree as the tyrant complains about it. It seems they found most of his limbs carried in a laundry cart nearby and are on the search for his torso when the hounds of hell arrives. They're pretty... <laughs> scary and angular but it seems and lobe were able to teleport their heads away which takes them out pretty
1: easily uh, again they can why haven't they done any of the things that they're doing just suddenly because they can who knows this all seems (sighs) to
0: satan's plan but what's his plan for eventually they find laybox body being dragged around by a bunch of tiny demon types though and it is a a bit worse for wear Still, mm. they managed to assemble the body, but it's not working. It just does the St. Vitus dance, which I believe are some strange movements caused by someone having
1: chorea. Um, I mean, I feel like yeah. that would be enough to prove that he's potentially alive, right? Mm. They got to do more work. It seems this was a plan by, by
0: this plan all along as Satan removed Labok's <laughs> central nervous system.
1: Oh, man. Oh, that's right. And then they made kind of... Um, the lady feels sort of bad because she saw her parents, right? Something. I don't know. I skipped over that part. There's weird uh, stuff I've, going on here. Honestly, well, because there's a... I read only Satan's exposition. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, the things that he says, is like, oh, I did all this stuff, kind of. Yeah. But effectively, he says it does not matter. <laughs> right. Because it's still a stage play, which is then... <laughs> They go at the end of this. Anyway.
0: Yeah. They arrive and find Satan in all of his glory. He got the nervous system and he's got some sweet demonic backup. In Prague 648, the mo- the lads have moved to the front of the Prague. A bold choice. In the audience. <sighs> in the audience of Satan. He- actually, Satan seems like a pretty cool guy despite all the horrific tortures and stuff. <laughs> he makes a fair point that he's trapped down here too. Just doing the job that God assigned to him. You know, come on. To show he's cool, he just gives him Laybach's nervous system. Just, you know, take it, have a good time. It's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> Loeb and Almirandra <laughs> jam that nervous system back into Laybach as Fervent complains that this all seems a little anticlimactic, if, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. More um, mentions that soft bodies went over people's heads. And anyhow, they head out unknowingly opening the gates of hell behind um, behind them. Oh, Suddenly. So... <laughs> <laughs> An alert goes up at Indigo Prime HQ. Get Major Arcana down here. We learned most of this stuff and saw these characters back in the 88 sci-fi special. See episode 181 of the podcast. Mm. Satan gathers his forces and prepares to ride out for conquest as Fervent and Lowe prepare to party. And Major Arcana marshals his forces. All hell's broken loose as we see Satan and his armies fly forth in another cool full-page image.
1: It's actually... Pretty rad. I'll be honest.
0: I'm always happy for it. Really rad, actually. Yeah, it's good times. It seems that the confrontation with the forces of hell will be handled as part of the opera. Just seeing the stage play part of this. And all seems to be going pretty well. Satan and Fervent have some sort of sword fight and Satan's slain. And the opera's over to rapturous applause. But that applause (laughs) is interrupted. By Laybox major domo and his goons, this opera
1: is not the whole truth of the matter. Shock! Uh, <laughs> Look at this weird dude who's somewhat attached to a boobed, super muscular body in a wheelchair, and that's the guy yeah. they're talking about. Major All I domo can say is poopies. Yeah, he rolls out Laybox, and indeed, he is looking
0: pretty rough. The goons ready their weapons, prepare to kill Fervent and Loeb. When uh, and suddenly, plot
1: happens.
0: Yeah. The guys from the first Indigo Prime story arrive, Jerry Bassel and Harry Foundation. In classic fashion, of course, they appear <sighs> from the sky, gods from the machine to save our heroes. Major Arcana also shows up, and that's less good. He's He does a quick info dump at fucking last, linking Fervent <laughs> Loeb's actions with Tyranny Rex in the 88 sci-fi special to that of soft bodies, and then all of that to Satan's plans to open the gates of reality, knowing that Fervent Loeb are big on ambition but not big on planning. Because of all this, and now that hell has been cleaned up, they're putting these jerks to work.
1: So honestly, um so just just so everyone knows, and this is a this is a real nod to Conrad's work as a <laughs> as a writer and a and a preparer for this. And I mean, you really need to understand. I am sure at least in some way he either bolded, italicized, underscored or in some way made that word larger finally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I at fucking last and it okay, is in all Sorry, caps. excuse me, at fucking last. <laughs> and, it, so, and it is
1: in full caps, Fox, yes. So I, <laughs> I just want to say, because I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised by this. So uh I'll I'll say the easiest thing first. Uh, because there's two parts. I like indigo prime as a concept, right? Mm. Like these people who are just kind of the Q continuum of being funny, mixing things up you don't use that kind of like omnipotence interesting to mop up your garbage story Mm. because suddenly (laughs) it's it's less interesting, right? Like when they came in, it was like, Oh, okay. I guess everything's fine. And I didn't care halfway through. I didn't even care at any way through. And then it was just like, don't worry. Everything's fine. It's like, well then why did I read it?
0: Yeah. Why did I read that
1: there was any (laughs) danger? And then don't worry, there was no danger. It's like, well, okay. So even if there was some hook that got me excited, I mean, you just fucked with me the whole way through, even if I wanted to care. The second thing, however, and then I and then I leave the stage to you. Listeners, only some people will know what I mean, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Lucifer reminds me of Dio, and Dio Brando is my favorite part of all of it. I want that guy to have his own thing, and Conrad, you're right. Neil Gaiman already did it. And he's super great. And he has a he has a blues bar. He's alright. Yeah, and his a wife TV really show likes and everything. Yeah, his wife really likes swords falling on her. She lives in the swords dimension, I guess. Whoa. Of at least what I remember. She's having a bad time. Uh <laughs> it's been a long time since I read the Lucifer spin off mm. of, of uh of Sandman. However, yep. uh this sucked. I hated it. Well, uh, hold it, on. Hold
0: on just a second, well, folks. Okay, so I, I, I still
1: got one page to recap here, right? Because- Excuse me. Sorry. After, and I apologize.
0: No, 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 no. no, Absolutely no problem. After Indigo Prime shows up, they say they're putting Fervent and Loeb to work. We see them walking around some kind of existential dreamscape picking up litter, uh, presumably for the rest of time. Luckily, Loeb has a plan for a new play, an accidental dimplex.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: And that's it for fervent lope uh, solo stories in the Prague. That we'll see them again in the 1990 winter special, Indigo Prime, and its concentrated weirdness will be back in spring of 1990, which will have actually a full info dump, but ch- at least chapter, if not more. And by then,
1: the whole Prague is going to be getting pretty weird. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate it. Thanks, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> I feel you, like you, you predicted my future as. I know you didn't like this but it's coming back. I mean, I'll say, Fox, that while I, I like think this. I didn't I think, like this. Yeah,
0: I think fervent Loeb is really a, is really the high point for John Smith being real weird and I feel like sure. he ranges reigns, he reigns it in a little bit or at least gives us starts telling stories that also come with some handholds for us to kind of figure out and 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 and, 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 and get a grasp on the uh on the stories we're reading
1: coming up. So I think that's going to be that's gonna be good. I just feel like the dude has a lot to say, which I can respect. He has a lot mm-hmm. in his brain and, and a lot of imagination. Taking even one page from Alan Moore in terms of the world building, in terms of uh, setting the stage, in terms of making us give a fuck. Like these characters are quirky enough. I like quirky characters. I don't care about them because I don't understand them don't understand anything that they're going through or why it matters there yeah. are no stakes cuz i already we, hate them when i see them we we've definitely talked about this with these characters before but yeah they're they're just
0: they're they're way opaque in terms mm. of just kind of knowing what their deal is, and sort of if we want to truly. root for them or not. So truly, I think that might change a little bit, or there might be some more. I just so. not for not for fervent and low, but for other um, Indigo Prime folks. And I am okay. stoked to get further into more reality bending stuff with this. I'm um, excited
1: about that because I like this the the interplay with this universe, if not these yeah. characters. Yeah, cool. I I, th- I think that he entices artists to do some really interesting things. Let's say that. Like it's, yeah, it I was mean, fun to look at the comic, right? Yeah, I I
0: mean I like John Smith a lot as a writer. I just feel like he needs he needs to be wrangled a little bit, like. Yeah. And I think both soft bodies <clears throat> and this fervent Loeb story very much felt like, all right, do what you want, and we'll sort of deal with it, and, and you know we'll, we'll put it out. And I think that's not the best way for this writer
1: to be sort of yeah. let loose. I I mean I think like some some amount of. Yeah. No, I think you you really encapsulated a lot. That's right. Uh, I I see that he has an imagination, and I want to experience it with him. Yeah,
0: definitely. And uh, on the topic, uh, and
1: going from big, operatic
0: connected stories to slightly more one-off ones, Fox, let's get started with (laughs) Thrill 6, Tales from the Doghouse. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Script robot Stuart Edwards, art robot Ron Smith, letting Rob... Letting Robot Gordon Robson as kid. Final work in the Prague for Stuart Edwards and Fox. Really? This is the last tale from the Dog House. Oh,
1: rough. I wanted more of um, many hands. Of, um, no, what Maeve was her name? Maeve
0: of the Many Arms. Yeah, yeah.
1: Maeve of the Many Arms was kind she's of she's like, a real standout. Absolutely, I really
0: like her a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I just started a new uh, 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 RPG campaign and made a character that's oh. sort of based on her that's kind of rocking playing fellowship made a spider character got a lot of arms great It's awesome. Yeah. So Chris Moosey Day is headed headed to a mysterious island where several of his friends, including Ducky and No-Face, have gone missing. Walking through a heavy jungle in the island, Moosey arrives at a big mansion. Knocking on the door, he's taken to the master of the house, clearly Vincent Price. He's given a place (laughs) to stay, but investigates during the night, finding the master working in a lab full of monsters, operating on a weird monster dude. Moosey's attacked by a stitched-together... By these stitch-together the monster man, he's dragged down. Soon he's tied to a table. He notices the shelves are full of jars with heads in them, including <laughs> heads of his buddies like Ducky and No-Face. Then he remembers <laughs> the name of the master here, Dr. Alexander
1: Moreau. So on the nose, I-, I wonder if anyone other than most of our listeners know who Vincent Price or the Isle of Dr. Moreau is. Oh, absolutely. And I so. Absolutely, 100%. I, I hope a yeah. The island like, of Dr. Moreau was terrifying for me as a,
0: Like you're probably reading that book in high school and like you're seeing Vincent Price like horror movies oh, on the TV Price. in There's, the middle of
1: the day, you know? The only person who matches him, but in a completely opposite way, is uh is um John Waters, if you know what I mean. Mm, <laughs> that mustache, yeah. Mm. Anyway,
0: enough of Connected one-off stories, Fox. Let's get to the real heart of this Clear the Decks episode with (sighs) Thrill 7, Future Shocks. Happy birthday. No, No, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Here we go. First story, birthday greetings, script about Hillary <laughs> Robinson, art robot Bessimo Bell- Bellaginelli, letter about QA. I don't know who that is. Um, as is traditional with deck-clearing episodes, we got a lot of future shocks. This time a man gets a letter wishing him a happy 100th birthday. He's not 100 and walks out to go show the fellas. He avoids several accidents and assumes this means he's got a hitchhiker's guide style. You know when you're going to die, so you can't die until then. Immortality, <laughs> then he gets hit- insurance. Yeah. Then he gets hit by a truck in heaven. An angel tells him that they sent the letter to the wrong person because of a computer
1: error. Oh, well. So, heaven is the DMV? Pretty much. Uh, (laughs) Next up, you need
0: friends. Script about Larry Watson. Art Rob robot about Massimo Belladinelli. Letting her out Annie Parkhouse. Man walks down a busy street. Silent townsfolk seem to follow him. He tells them to go away, but they don't. An older man, a doctor, arrives and explains that he previously – he probably lost a lot of people in the big war. And now he's imagining all these folks as replacements but if you really want them to leave you can if you just tell them to the man agrees and everybody disappears even the doctor and now he's just a single guy in the middle of a blown out street time enough at lasting all over the
1: place i like this one actually kind of a lot because it's not just like a it's not a punchline you know yeah it's kind of a bummer i mean you know it's, it's an exclamation mark but it
0: is very much like um yeah kind of a Kind of a of a downer future
1: shock. I guess it's it's, yeah, it's, it's a time to at, PTSD in a way.
0: Yeah, right? definitely. And I I'd actually say this is a mix between Time Enough at Last and Where is Everybody if you're sort of combining oh, yeah. uh Twilight Zones for um, a dramatic effect. Yeah, that's a good comparison, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, Brogan's Last Ride, script <laughs> robot Ian Rimmer, art robot Simon Colby, letting robot Gordon Robson kid. First time in the prog for Rimmer and Colby. Rimmer w- won't do much, but Colby's done a fair amount for 2008 over the years, including Jaeger and Malone. Anyway futuristic prisoner a dude named brogan awaits execution but manages to escape his cell and find a self-driving car offering him a ride everything seems golden until the car drives him right into a crusher and his execution (laughs) is carried out by
1: cubing this this was actually kind of funny i mean you saw it coming but that's a future in the future part of capital punishment is to dick around criminals
0: one final time
1: (laughs) Listen, man, we're not going to just put them to sleep. We're going to make them feel comfortable and then make them feel real fear. This one actually
0: feels a sim- uh, similar to a couple other Future Shocks we've read where the, uh, the space
1: prisoner thinks he's escaped, but he's actually in- Oh, he's like, in his like, own like, mind and they're- He's in the Matrix somehow or yeah. whatever else. Yeah. Remember that thing where he's like constantly trying to escape and they're just testing him the whole time?
0: Right. Like- it, I, I I think one of them was like a parole hearing where, mm. like, what he did when he had the chance to escape was testing to see if he'd be re-
1: rehabilitated or not. That's right. Like, you're testing to see if they get rehabilitated. So you keep running them through the thing until they don't be a dick. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, that's pretty harsh.
0: Yeah. Next up self awareness. Grifter about Mark Miller, no. Argor about Keith Page, let, letting him about Tom Frame. <sighs> This is the first of three Future Shocks in Prog 648. More Mark <laughs> Miller here. First time in, the pro- in, in a while for Keith Page. You last saw him do an extremely meta Christmas story in the 1980 Dan Dare annual. That's where everybody and- met a dreads Luna apartment for a party. Does not lose his streak in this one. <laughs> mm. A man has realized he's inside a comic book, and this world will end with a crying policeman. As such, might as well have a laugh. He summons a giant pistol and starts blasting "quote unquote" people with it. <laughs> Beats up the cops, jumps up the side of a building, uh, drops a two ton weight on them. In the end, though, he turns himself in, and he's taken. And as he's taken away, he shows the cops that the world is fake, and one of them crying. Pleads with us to not turn the page. Sorry, buddy. I got things to do. I got to read about a Rottweiler, bud. Yeah, listen. got a big head. <laughs> got a lot of questions about that. Uh, next up, Bingo Hits the Big Time. <sighs> Script robot Paul K- uh, Carstairs. Let art robot Andy Wildman. Letting robot Andy Haffigree. First time writing for Paul Castairs, who will do a couple of Future Shocks. Final work by Annie Wildman, who did A Tale of Megacity 1 a few years ago. And I think this one might be an old one from The Vaults, just because- Really? And a- a- Annie Parkhouse is using her maiden name here instead of uh, of a Parkhouse, huh. like, like in in uh, the first Future Shock we talked about, or the second one in the You Need Friends one, she uses her, her married name. Anyway, um- Bingo Fisberg is a regular dude in a sci-fi world that wants to make a name for himself. His dad doubts him, but Bingo's got an idea. He Spends 10 years in his workshop and blasts off in a custom ship. In space, he triggers the plasma implosion unit and explodes. When the explosions <laughs> right. clears, there's a new celestial body in the sky already registered by Bingo. A new bright star that shines in, up, up in the sky. Everybody loves it. Forever immortalizing Bingo, and this is probably the most heartwarming tale of suicide we've ever seen in the future shock box. <laughs> and also, kind of the most future shock this time mm-hmm. around. Very, yeah, it is kind of futuristic and shocking for sure. Mm. All right, uh, next up, Crocodile Tears. Script robot oh. John Tomlinson, art robot Simon Colby, letter robot Nick Ab- Ab- Abadsis as Pig Boy Z. Um, it's a Dan. It's a. It's a Dare Redshock adventure by annual editor oh, yeah. to, uh, John Tomlinson. We see some newsreel footage of the adventures of Dare Redshock, a celestial investigator, and his buddy uh, Grizmack, a clegg with a big gun. <laughs> so it's but in the Dread Universe. Seems like it. Um, as but as Man and Gator Man win the day, and Dare we, we see uh, Dare hanging out with his lady love Cluna. But Mm -hmm. it seems that all these are actually just holographic memory he's watching, and he's actually all old and broken down. It seems very similar to classic Alan Moore, Future
1: Shock, the regrettable ruse of Rocket Red Glare. It's exactly where we see Dan Dare someday, just reliving his genocides. Such a... ah, listen...
0: (laughs) His wife, (laughs) Clune, is pretty angry at him for living in the memories of the past. Grismac just hangs out and doesn't really watch the old stuff because they just make him sad. And who'd notice a Clegg's crocodile tears? Clune storms off as Dare relives more old memories. Later, Clune's leaving him and he's pretty broken up about it. He goes back, um, goes back into the, into the mnemonic imager, but this time he gets attacked by a killer robot that kills him. Ah, And that's that's not how it happened. Without his heart medication, which Clune didn't refill for him, he dies of a heart attack. Grismac checks the imager and it seems that Clune may have reprogrammed it. In the end, though, the Clegg is the only one at Dare's funeral. And who would notice a crocodile's
1: tears? (laughs) Melancholy! Oh, man. Yeah, no. Prehistoric tears don't happen. I don't know. That was sweet. It
0: was sweet. Yeah, listen, buddy. the The lesson is not to live in the past. Instead, live in the future and blow yourself up. Bam, bam, bam. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Final story. Oh, wow. oh god, that's right. Val oh. Scripture about yeah. This one's called Val Scripture about John Murphy. Art about Paul Paul Marshall. Letter about Stella. So. These guys can go to hell for this five-page
1: future shock, Fox. That's all I can say. You have um, – I mean, they were close. They were close <laughs> this this uh, this episode. A powerful businessman
0: falls in love with a lady on the phone named Val. Their relationship is entirely phone-based. I guess it's the sci-fi situation because he's an alien that lives millions of miles away. Soon, he's walking around with the phone, constantly taking it on dates and such. A very uh, Joaquin Phoenix and her kind of situation here. yeah.
1: Oh, that's such Um, a good – I love that film, man. Yeah, it's great. All right,
0: please. Let's be team uh, team, uh, team moms, Fox, and be excellent. But um, eventually, he proposes marriage. And he's telling this he's been telling all this to a priest because it seems there's been a hiccup in their relationship. They seemingly want to get married and you know have a fam- have a real family for the future of the kids. Mm. And then the priest says, "Yeah, that's cool. I can help you out." We look into a bassinet to find Val the phone and a trio of terrifying oh. phone human chimera hybrids. <laughs>
1: Is this the 5G future, Fox? You tell me. I mean, that's why we got to burn all those towers, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. And with
0: <laughs> that, Fox, with that call to action that will be woefully outdated by the time this episode comes out. Uh, get woke. I must ask you, what were your top and bottom thrills? I feel like- For 4 Progs 640, 645 to 649.
1: Oh, boy. So the easiest one for me, at least for this episode, mm. is uh <laughs> very, very clearly Midnight Zero. Nice. Uh, I had such a great time reading it uh, in a way where while Dread was continually anthology, or, or at least I could carry through with Anderson's kind of running plot, um... It was fun, and I constantly looked forward to it purely because the writing and the pacing and the world Mm
0: -hmm. just
1: interplayed so well together, right? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I fucking loved it. I, I love it for the same reason I love most Schlock, I suppose. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that isn't to downplay anything else. Well, it is to downplay like at least 50% of what we read tonight, mm. um, but certainly not the other. Uh, at, in terms of my bottom, uh, going on the striking resistance of not saying Future Shocks because maybe that saved part of the last part of my reading. I am absolutely going for Bamanman Doob. For Baman Doob? Yeah. Baj. Uh, oh, man. I... I mean, literally. I, I mean, I said this enough. There's only one part I liked about it. I I liked Satan just kind of like trying to, uh, uh, like organize his his baptism in a way, his anointment, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of how he talked about things. But then how none of that actually like came to any sort of fruition because of course it was a stage play and all this. But like, I, I didn't care about their stage play. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, I just yeah. like this. I just like this Satan guy, and I kind of liked the maybe wife they had, which I guess is maybe also just a punchline of the stage play. Is she real or is she not? I just I hate it. It's bottom, there. super bottom. I I wanted everything else to happen except that, and I read it, and there wasn't much in there. And I'm sorry if anyone liked it, but I hated it. And Conrad, mm-hmm. please tell me why you agree with at least part of what I said tonight. I mean,
0: <sighs> or not. As I mean, I'm not gonna I, judge you. Like, it. listen, listen. Few like seven or eight future shocks in an episode. <laughs> that's a rough one. That's, that's a real tough. rough. But oh, it is kind of the hard. nature of the beast as well. So I'll happily join you with fervent <sighs> loeb in my bottom. Um or as my bottom thrills, I should say. Not even my 50% bottom solidarity
1: is still But, um,
0: oh, wait, wait, <laughs> I, Move along. All right. um, <laughs> Beyond Zero is real good. Um I, I th- um Anderson, I liked Anderson a lot. Anderson was real fun. I, but and yeah. um, and Dread had some real ups and downs in terms of like the pathos and like whether you're feeling good or feeling bad at the end of the, of, a, of a Dread story.
1: Hurt me a bit. I think,
0: but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think though, in the end, I might give. I'm going to give my top to Strontium Dog this month. Um, Respect, three, honest. Three episodes, but like. Um, I think the two episodes of midden face like like blowing the hell out of the radio station and stuff Fuck that was yeah. really fun and a really cool action sequence, and then the confrontation with the hell beast and uh, oh, that what and yeah. the, that that one kid's uh, skater kid sacrificing himself and the reveal of Johnny's burnt out eyes and stuff all of uh. the, all all that stuff combines to make it for a really affecting cliffhanger. That really makes me bummed that it's going to be like, you know, not till the summer of 90 that we really pick it back up. That's such a shame. But powerful, man. I agree. Yeah. So, strong, uh, Fervent lobe. Strong on the top. Fervent lobe on the bottom. <laughs> Bad times. Anyway, speaking of good times, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. <laughs> As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, or a podcast site, spacepinner 2000com Feel free to contact us at spinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages and Twitter. We're at Spacespinner2K. Everything else is Spacespinner2000. You'll find us there. And come back next week as the decks have been cleared and it's time for a big relaunch of 2000 AD. We're going to do a new listener episode. It's going to be real fun. Beautiful. Triple the color and all important <laughs> stories as the Horned God and Zenith return, Rogue Trooper reboots, and the Dead Man has some questions. Plus, a pair of hot-headed young judges
1: arrive on the scene. Bring an extra five pence to your newsman and make sure that you put in the order early, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Until
0: then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. We are Space Spinner 2000. Slow and